This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. One one more question about trade deadline stuff, just because I saw this today, and this is a bigger name. And for some reason, the Bruins are among the top three, you know, percentage teams that the betting odds have for landing Patrick Kane, um, which, you know, kind of kind of a name we're not even sure he's gonna want to um wave his claws he hasn't said whether or not he's going to uh number one odds still to stay in Chicago but then it's the Rangers and the Bruins listed right behind them as um his top two potential choices um to go to for you know maybe a move at the deadline well and I think when you look at those and you look at the odds they're Patrick Kane's not is it has all, all the cards he holds all the cards. He's got a no trade. He's got a no move. So he gets to pick where he wants to go. So that's where you you basically deduce he's only going to pick two or three teams. If he wants to win a Stanley Cup, the Bruins are by far, and if they haven't, if they're not the highest at this point in a season in any NHL year, then they're really close to being the highest odds or the highest chance team to win a Stanley Cup at this point. And whether it's 25, 30%, it's it's nuts because of what the record is at this point. So if you're if you're the guy trying to handicap and pick who's going to win the cup, if you're a player in the league, you're saying, okay, get me to Boston. Um, now, is that possible? I don't know. I don't know the inner workings of that. But I think those odds and, and when those names come up, you're thinking of guys like Taylor Hall basically forced his way into Boston because that's the only place he wanted to go. And Patrick Kane has that same ability at this point. Yeah, I also have a theory on like anytime something like this comes up with betting odds, I think boss, even though we just got legalized sports betting, I think Boston people must throw Are a lot of money down. Full on because, degenerates. Yeah. Yeah. Boston is always near the top. Like every free agent in the NFL or every trade candidate, the Patriots are one of the favorites. Like even in the post Tom Brady era, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's a sports talk animal that we all li- yeah. live in and deal with all the time that, yeah, I think that again, it's, it is, I, I listen, Patrick Kane, if he's willing, if he's a middle round, middle six guy, like if he's that guy who can move him up and down the wing, he can play some, like he does fit the Max Domi guy. Like he's the ultra, Max Domi player. I don't know how it worked, but that that is that is an opportunity, and it's a rental, and it's you don't have to worry about the future. Like it does, it does make sense and more than than a guy that you're trying to like uh, from a rental point of view. It, it makes sense because he can do. You can put him anywhere, and as long as he doesn't want to play the power play or is happy to go on the second unit, then it works real well. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things with Kane is whoever is going to get him has to be sure of the of the medicals because he's been pretty banged up all year. And I saw, I think it was Arthur Staple in the Athletics said it's kind of like a, um, 
not so secret secret that he needs hip surgery and is, you know, just trying to get through the year and grind it out. So um, that's obviously gonna, you know, teams are gonna have to know what they're getting on that front. Um, Razor, when you were on Jones and Mago on. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Miracle. Um, When you were on Jones and Mago on Tuesday, uh, you're talking about the, specifically the goalie hub, but the Elmark Swayman relationship. And, you know, you, you were saying that like, it's, it's a little odd to see two goalies who seemingly by all appearances are get along so well, are such good friends, like aren't, don't really seem to have that jealousy or competitive um, spirit where like they, they're dying to beat out the other guy that it's held up this long for them. Do you see that holding up like into the playoffs? You know, it, cause it's probably pretty easy now when uh, you know, they're basically splitting starts and the team's rolling and they're both winning, but at some point they're, you know, they probably go to a default number one starter for the playoffs. Yeah, well, they split last year in the playoffs. No, I, I it will last. These guys are are really close their their relationship, and that's kind of what I was, you know, playing at is is it, it is odd and rare that these guys are getting they do get along that well, and they they're legit. It's it's very genuine. I've seen them together. They interact off you know away from the cameras the same way, if not more closely. So it's not an act and. They're going to have both guys, I would imagine, at certain times in the playoffs. I think it's just kind of the nature of the beast. Colorado won with three guys last season. So unless you're Tampa Bay and you're going to have to use both guys, you're going to want need them at some point throughout a long, long playoff run. And um, I think that I think we saw what happened last year with Mark coming in for two games and then Swayman. There was there was nothing that those two felt about each other. So it, it is, and it, it, it's a different relationship than most. And, but it's certainly genuine and, and what uh, we would all call long lasting, whatever that is in hockey. Yeah. It seems authentic from like when you're up close to it and you get to see how they interact. And I feel like Jeremy Swayman would like, he, I feel like he doesn't have the capability of lying or pretend like he's just always just such a, in such a good mood and just so, happy and just authentic but um for that reason it's the personalities I think that more so than the competition of the job that's why they are able to get along the way that it actually looks it's not just an act I don't think um but do you think that I mean I heard you say this on uh Jones and Mego when you were playing you you did have kind of more of a rivalry between goalies does that push you guys to be better or do you think that you know this kind of a relationship could be more useful for a team that's making a long playoff run where guys want to work together and and you know it's not like a we're getting better because you're pushing me it's like we're we both want this team to succeed and be no matter what who's in that yeah well it's 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 individual for everybody i think there's lots of guys lots of old guys that i played with that thrived on being a dick and and you know being competitive and and you know trying to kill the the other guy i think that was more of a mentality back then guys were a lot meaner when i played guys were a lot on more unhappy uh there was no puck passing in warm-ups there was no playing 
paper scissors for pucks since uh, watching this like you weren't allowed to do that it, it was it was a different generation and the guys were old and it, you didn't do that stuff and, and now you do and now it's cool and now it's fun and now it's entertaining so um i i think it also goes to what's going on in the bruins room and when we talk about bringing people in i think it does go all the way to the goaltending in that we respect each other we really enjoy each other, but we're going to try and kill each other on the ice and practice. And we're going to make each other better. And we're going to compete. And, and they, they have naturally selected guys who can handle that. And not everybody can, but, but I think both goaltenders and why Jeremy Swayman was able to jump into the role as quickly as he was or has did was because of that mentality that that he he performs with and, and his professional ability to compete and want to win all the time, but also doing it in a way. What goalie did you have kind of a little bit of a rivalry with that you played with? Oh, I mean, all the old, like Jeff Hackett was the worst. He didn't talk to anybody. Um, I mean, he fought him and Ed Belfour went at each other all the time. Je yeah. So, I mean, I had Jeff Hackett for like a week and a half. He never even said anything to me, I don't think. Um that's just where it starts. I mean, a lot of it was a lot of it was you had a decent relationship. Like you weren't really, you know, wanting a guy to break, you know, like really lose. Like that it wasn't that bad, but you certainly wanted the net. And and probably I, I was never excited to give a guy a hug after he got a five-nothing shutout, knowing I wasn't gonna play again for another week, I guess. That's that's the big one. Razor, I had one more goaltending question because uh you, if you ask all Marcus Swayman about goalie Bob, Bob Asenza, they, they light up. They, they love the guy. He's, they both say he's been huge for their career. You were one of the first goalies to work with him with the Bruins. Uh, I think he just started, uh, you know, when you, when you were getting there. Um, what was he like then? And what do you think has allowed him to be such a good goalie coach, such a respected goalie coach over so many years now and so many different coaching staffs? Well, first off, he's just a, a great person. Uh, you talk about genuine and authentic and caring, and that's that's it starts with that. He has a great demeanor, never high, never low, never would get mad at somebody. So he's he's endearing to everybody, and and there's a lot to longevity in this in this sport in this business to being likable um, by all kinds of different coaches that he's gone through and different general managers and Cam Neely coming in. Like he's been around a lot because he's really well liked. And then when you go to his ability to get the, not to get the best out, that's it's, it's his ability to understand what makes you a little bit better as an individual goaltender and, and, and his ability to have, taking a big load off of Tuka Rask and, and being able to keep him from being injured and taking pressure off hips and having ideas on, on how to play the game, but not forcing it down someone's throat. Like this is my way or the highway, but it, it, it you see with all Mark and, and with Swayman, their game's been adjusted over the last couple of years and they're drifting and they have a little bit of momentum all the time and it keeps them from, pressure on their hips and it keeps them from stretching and, and getting put in different positions. So once it starts to work, you have belief in it on top of the belief you already have that the guy cares about you. And, and coaching is all about whether it's guy yelling at you every day or a guy patting you on the back every day. It's all, as long as it's coming from a caring point of view or uh, what you feel is care, 
then you're going to get the most out of the players. Razor, you're giving us a, a lot of your time. We appreciate it. One last thing before you go, I was going to ask you off the top um, uh, if you've been enjoying your time off with the Bruins having some time off. But then, of course, you flip on the television and there you are broadcasting for the Beanpot. Um, what was your take on on Monday night's games and the championship game? I mean, can you believe the first time in 70 <laughs> years we've had a final without BC or BU? That's that's really hard to believe. I don't know what to make of that. That is nuts. And what was the parlay seven years ago on putting money that would take that long for that to happen? You, you'd be uh, it'd be like buying Apple stock. Um, it's uh, it was good hockey. It was really good hockey. I, the first game was really good, really fast. By the end of it, obviously, with the overtime and the comeback, there was a ton of energy in the building. It was prime time for everyone to be there. I thought Harvard was the better team, but I, I was impressed with the push that BC made at the end to get back into it. Um, and then you go the, – the next game, Northeastern played a perfect game. I, I love BU. I, I think BU has an unbelievable mix to go a long way in the, in the tournament. I think that's why they're the top five team. I, I had them pegged a, a month or two ago about just because of the coaching they have. I love Pando. I love Kim. Uh, and, and the mix they have. I think they're really good and, and ready for a long run. So I had them Monday night, no problem. But Northeastern played – what we've seen Northeastern play. And, and that's a hard defensive, perfect structured game. And, and Devin Levi makes a couple saves. So they're going to be tough to beat if they can keep that structure in the way they played since January. Um, they're a tough, they're a tough beat for Harvard. I, I think Harvard's very talented and they're good. I just think that hockey East competition on a weekly basis sharpens them a little bit more for tournaments and, and scenarios like this. Yeah, it'll be. It'll yeah, be I don't. I don't like the stat about uh, my BU Terriers that no Beanpot team has ever won the national championship without first winning the Beanpot. So, ho- hoping uh, maybe they find a way to uh, break that that streak that has existed for a long time. Well, Harvard and now you got Harvard and Northeastern in the final, so you can rest your laurels on that. That it it was seventy years of change uh, that you're all set with the the BU taking a run. Yeah, history's taking a backseat this year, Scott. Don't yeah, worry absolutely. About it. COVID blew history into <laughs> yeah. the atmosphere. Well, N- Northeastern winning three in a row just killed like every beanpot narrative because you know it was exactly. always like Northeastern never wins. Of course. Hey, and... the other thing is now you're doing shootouts and three on three. It's it's a different yeah. beanpot. You're not allowed to. It's it's a different history. Yeah, by the way, that three-on-three, I almost felt like BC deserved to lose because they're doing the thing that Scott hates and Brian and I, we've all talked about it before, where they just slow it down and wait for the shootout. Like, they don't even – like, how many times did they circle back into the neutral zone, waste more time, waste more time? I'm sitting there like, what are they doing? And then they wasted too much time on themselves, uh, but not that extra second they needed. (laughs) And and it almost felt like you kind of deserved it. Yeah, ill-prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it it was – that was their eighth overtime game of the season. And I think six of the first seven got to the shootout because that they do exactly that. They just basically run the clock down. Which is totally it against work the spirit of the three on three. It, it, that's why it bothers me. It's just like kind of useless. Yeah. You might as well just hit fast forward to the shootout, but I kind of thought they deserved it. Yep. They did. They got it. <laughs> Well, like I said, Razor, we really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Um, it's you know, it's your your time off during a very busy hockey season. So again, obviously, you can catch Razor on Nesson for the Bruins broadcast and obviously the Beanpot. Um, 
periodically on WEI, including Sunday Skate. And of course, when you're not listening to the Skate Podcast, um, you and Billy Jaffe do an awesome job on Morning Brew. So listen to them as well. So thank you so much for joining us, Razor. We appreciate it. No, my pleasure. Thank you.